Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. I am your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And we are back in your ears once again. We're going to touch on National Signing Day, which was today. We're recording this on Wednesday, December 15th. And we're also going to take a look ahead to the Purdue versus Butler game coming up at the Crossroads Classic, which has been a bit of a bugaboo for Purdue in the past. But Casey is, I'm sure, going to reassure me that this is not a problem and Purdue will have uh, a victory come uh, you know, Saturday evening after we leave Indianapolis. So before we get into that, though, Casey, I know last week we talked about Christmas food. Uh, this time I've got another Christmas-related uh, question for you. I hope to do better than I did last time. Also, I'm just really tired today. You know, we had 20 commitments. That was a lot of work on my part and yeah, your part. I don't think we did anything. <laughs> <laughs> we cheered Kyle on yes, as he we rooted for Kyle beasted, as he story after story. Beasted um, Agent Arbord. Yeah. So my question for you is this. Uh, I know you're not a big uh, sweets person. I've decided to not ask you about food anymore because you have trash opinions. You could so, ask me about Lafayette restaurant cuisine, no, and I would yeah. be so much more enlightened than every one of you plebs. That's in, probably true. In the group chat who's always just like, oh, some pizza place that existed 25 years ago. I mean, I don't need. I don't think I can tell you a pizza place that existed up there 25 years ago that doesn't now. Uh, what is that thing you and Travis always talk about that you rant and rave about, and it's still one in Champaign, Illinois? Oh, you're talking about Garcia's. Yeah. So you're a liar. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're a liar. I don't say I rant and rave about it. It was pretty good though. They had an arcade. They had like different arcades <laughs> in the building. It was pretty cool. I'm sorry. My brother, my, my brother worked there and came back from Christmas break, and there was a sign that they had closed. So that oh, was, they pulled the jigs, huh? Yeah, they just were like, and we're closed now. And yeah. it's like, I guess I don't have a job. So yeah, my good friend. At, when, they worked at Wendy's. When Jake's did that and they did that story in JNC, the, the woman they took a picture of is a good friend of mine. And 
I think I was with her the night before, and all of a sudden I see her picture on the newspaper. I'm like, what happened? She's like, the freaking angle they took that picture at. I got nine chins. I was like, that was rude. <laughs> all right. Well, so my question, less alcohol-related, is oh. growing up, or you know, more recently even, what do you think has been the Christmas present you've been most excited about receiving? Oh, good question. That's a, that's a solid question. Hmm. Thank you. Hmm. So I, I don't, I'm guessing you weren't this kid, but like I was a money kid from very early on. A money kid? Yeah. Like I was. What, what does that even mean? Like I want money for a gift. Okay. Usually because I wanted to put the money together from, well, I was, I was two types of kid. I, I was a money kid definitely towards the end of high school. Before that, I always knew everyone's price range. Like <laughs> I knew what my grandma on this side would give me. I knew what my grandma on this side would give me. I knew about what my mother would spend. So I gave each of them just one item that listed inside that money thing. Uh, but I got a laptop for Christmas seven or eight years ago from an ex-girlfriend. Oh. She was a girlfriend got, at the time. Well, obviously, I assumed. I, I was hoping you don't have ex-girlfriends right. sending you laptops. So I, I think that's definitely, that's probably the winner. Like, it's hard to beat a laptop. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'm sure I got a, I don't think I ever got a game console, but I got the money to buy game consoles. Yeah, okay. All right. So, how about you? Uh, for me, I think the one that stands out is a game console. It, I can't remember what, what age I was, but it was a Nintendo 64. Okay. And I just remember being so excited for that. Um, I can't even remember what games we ca- we had with it, like, originally. I know it came with Mario uh, 64, and then, of course, we got GoldenEye and Mario Kart. And, I mean, I, I maintain that the Nintendo 64 is probably the best console of all time. So if you only get one – I was never an N64 kid. I was always PlayStation. Uh, but my best friend had a 64. We had a 64 uh, the one semester I lived on campus at UND of the Greyhounds while I didn't go to school. Gotcha. That was a that – that is a fun a thing that you should do. Time. Yeah, that's something you should do in your lifetime. Live live <laughs> on campus while not going to class. It's it's good times. Yeah, I bet. Um, so you know we had we had the perfect dark sessions, the Mario oh, Kart. Yeah. What is if you could just have one in sixty four game? What are you going with? Uh, I, oh man, I think I would have to go Goldeneye so because you... the the individual gameplay is great because you can go through the whole game multiple times and you can go on different difficulties and it's just fantastic. But the multiplayer is unbelievable. And Do you think the multiplayer is better than Perfect Dark? Well, I think it was because I don't. I loved Perfect Dark. Um, for those that don't know, it was also a first-person shooter, but it was, like, more futuristic. The X-ray uh, gun. Yeah, the X-ray gun. The plasma, and, whatever the hell it was. Yeah, and they had, I mean, they had all different kinds of weapons. But I think the gameplay for Perfect Dark was a little harder to, like, just pick up and go, whereas GoldenEye was, like, anybody can sit down, and in 10 seconds, they're going to know what they're doing. So I think in that sense, it was a lot better. Um, if it's going to be your one game uh, to have because everybody can come and play it with you. That's fair. Um, another another good one. Another good one would be NFL Blitz. NFL Blitz was definitely um, good. That was a good one. Um, the problem with NFL Blitz is friendships probably wouldn't survive if that's the yeah, only game a, you had. There's a lot of yelling. Yeah, like the bomb again. I'm gonna the bomb my right. fist in your face. <laughs> and then it's just like if again for those that don't know, NFL Blitz was just a football game where you played. A, was it five on five? 
or seven on seven. I don't remember. But I, yeah, I, there were no flags. You no. could just tackle people out of nowhere. Everything like you couldn't even run the ball. Really, it was just all passes and they were all deep routes and slants. And you could just like knock people over. It was really crazy. I don't think you could make that game now because of CTE. But there was a lot of uh, like body slams. I mean, and I don't think we of. care if they're video games. Yeah, but, you know, ah, come on. They're they're fake people. That's I, true. A strong one for me. I don't know if you ever got into to this. Uh, WCW NWO oh, Revenge. Yes. Revenge. I have. I literally. I have that game upstairs. The, that is probably the best one-on-one competition where literally you had the ebb and flow of like a wrestling match. Yeah. You can get in a little rhythm and then a comeback. So that was always fun. Uh, okay. Well, well. Who who was your character? Which wrestler did I use? Yeah, yeah. I was a Sting guy. Okay, good choice. Um, but Kevin Nash was the best to have. Well, yeah, because he was, you know, he was a very big beast, man. Yeah. Uh, I was always more of a cruiserweight kind of guy, so I loved, <laughs> Ray, loved Ray Mysterio Jr. He oh, was, way to type cat. Just you, the one time you could have pretended to be tall, Edmund. Well, you know, I, I like to, uh, I like to stand up for my, for my short kings. Just not so, stand up very high. Yeah. Well, I mean, I stand up as much as I can. I can't help my height. <laughs> Uh, so I was always a Rey Mysterio Jr. guy. I loved doing the um, the uh, Royal Rumble. Always great. Always great. I forget what it was. It like 40 people you, that was the most you could do, and you just put yourself in first and then survive as long yeah, as you Yeah, I don't know how many the N64 could handle, but yeah, that it, it's one of the few games where you're playing the AI and you are literally tense the whole time because you're like, yeah. screw up just a little. Yeah, especially when you get like four people in the ring at mm-hmm. once, five people in the ring at once. You're like just trying to hide out and yeah. run and you're like, Oh man, if I can just clothesline this guy over the rope, it'll all yeah. be fine. Yeah. And then the giant comes in and you're like, Oh no, Oh yeah. no, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Very satisfying. N64. Yeah. You might be right that it did just hit perfectly. Like it's not what video games are now, but just like pure one-on-one. Cause like we haven't even mentioned Mario Kart really. And right. what's better than drunken Mario Kart at two yeah. thirty in them. The one game where like, you know, girls were just as interested and usually kicked your ass. Like, yeah. Good times. And, th- and and that was also another game where there was a lot of anger, you know, like you're in first yeah, place, yeah. somebody behind you gets three yeah. red shells and they just hit you at three times and you're like, oh great, I led the whole way, but now I got hit with three red shells and suddenly I got sixth. Yeah. And then I was always a person that took it a little too seriously. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Just like. Considering you get kicked out of basketball games sometimes football, to this day. Football. Football. No, 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 no. I'm talking about when you're playing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Singing a I different did. tune there. I get teed up, yeah, a lot. That ref is a has. I'm probably jinxing myself, but this session hasn't been there for the first two. I think he Good. got kicked. In. So maybe you were justified. <laughs> I I was totally justified. He was awful. He he nearly helped burst like two ACLs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've uh, gotten that. You can't get this content anywhere else, folks. I know. So. Just a quick uh, quick comment on National Signing Day. We're hoping to have Kyle on to talk about everything that we, uh, as Purdue fans, have to look forward to. We signed a class, depending on where you looked, around 28, 29 uh, in the nation. These things are always shifting, so we don't have the exact number that's going to be finalized. Um, but we're also, of course, looking at folks from the transfer portal um, that are coming in. I know we've got – we've – uh, had uh, verbals from somebody from Iowa, somebody from Auburn, and then Casey, you just told me as we were starting, we had one from somewhere else. Running back from California. And if this page loads, I could give you his name. Gotta click into it first. That's how this works. Yeah. Uh, yes, running back, last name Brooks, I believe. 
led the Golden Bears of Cal with 607 rushing yards last year, four touchdowns on the ground. He's 6'2", 235. Fantastic. So um, we're not going to go into individual players nope. or anything like that. We're going we're gonna to save that for when we can get Kyle on, which will hopefully be uh, coming up this weekend, which we'll then post probably the week of Christmas. Uh, we will see. Uh, we're juggling some things with the holiday travel and all that. But rest assured, we will still uh, be coming at you Ooh, as often be as we in can. in your ear holes. Yeah. So presence in your stocking. Exactly. Um, so now that we've gotten all that out of the way, we're going to take a quick break, come back, and we're going to talk about Butler. And we are back. So as I said before the break, we're going to talk about Purdue heading to the Crossroads Classic to take on Butler. And as I mentioned at the top, this event has been a nightmare for Purdue. We have the worst record of the four teams. We sit at three and seven. Uh, in this thing versus Notre Dame, four of six, Indiana, seven of three, and Butler, six and four. So uh, not been a great situation for Purdue. I think it's great for uh, the state of Indiana. I think it's a great, great uh, event. Unfortunately, this is going to be the last year it's going to happen. Which schools ruined that, Ledman? Um, I think it might have been certain teams, uh, maybe Indiana and Notre Dame, who think they're I'm the state of Indiana. I'm shocked. It's the only time they win, and they don't want to be involved? Yeah, yeah. Um. I, I mean, I get it on one sense because they're like, oh, we can get other tournaments that happen on that weekend, but it's one game. What do you it mean you get it? They are, they, for the last four or five years, they might have succeeded in that tournament. They have been by far the lowest ranked of the teams. In yes, yes, that's true. I just mean from a scheduling perspective, you, you certainly want as much flexibility as possible. But if I were them, I would use this as a selling point for folks that I'm recruiting for the state of Indiana. Then you again, say, maybe... Honestly, they've probably given up the state of Indiana because we're about to have back-to-back years where we get the number one and number two. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Indiana. Which would be the third time in, what, seven years? Oh, I I don't even know. Because we did have a Klein and Swanigan as well. Right, right. Yeah, so I guess that would be. Indiana. Um, So Purdue is taking on the Bulldogs from Butler. Butler uh, currently sits seven and three. Um, they, they've played one ranked team this year in Houston and they lost 70 to 52. Guess how long Um, it took for them to score a basket in that game? Oh, four minutes, six and a half minutes. Oh, wow. That's a long time. That is crazy. Um, so Casey, what do we need to know about Butler? And, uh, can you be more honest with me than you were when we played Rutgers? Nope. All right. Nothing but lies. Let's do it. All lies. Um, yeah, the Rutgers thing, you know, we kind of overlooked that. I guess they were just long and played hard and better against us than anyone else all season. And that sucked. Butler, 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 Butler. They've got one good win on the year, Oklahoma in overtime, 66, 62. Uh, They have lost in double figures to Michigan state and Houston also lost in a neutral floor to Texas. A and M. I have a little trivia for you. Okay. Let's see. Okay. So out of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Eight players that have played at least... No, it's not on here. This is riveting podcasting. I apologize. Yeah. All right. Out of the eight players that have played over 30% of the minutes on the season, their best offensive rated player would rank where? Oh, geez. Amongst R. Oh, okay. Ten rotation players. Okay. I'm going to go eight. You are very close. Okay. They would be ninth. Oh, wow. Uh, their top-rated offensive player is Jair Bolden. Yeah. 6'3 guard, shooting 42% from three, 92% from the line. Now, 
which Purdue Boilermaker is below him in offensive rating. Hunter? Indeed. So, All right, look at me. Bolden's offensive rating is 113. Hunter's is 95. Oh, wow, that's a Points. big jump. Or a big drop, I should say. Big drop. But then, so 113 is the high for Butler. Our next lowest uh, above Hunter is Trey Williams at 118. Okay. So everyone else on our team is 118 and above. We've got, whoo, we've got six guys above 120. Wow. Four guys above 130. Couple guys above 140. So the, the point of this is Butler's offense is not good, which we also thought about Rutgers. Right. But it looks like, I mean, they've only scored 80 or above two times this season. And that was against Central Arkansas and Chaminade. Exactly. Two teams that are not even ranked by Ken Palm. Yeah, not never good to not be ranked on Ken Palm. And and here's the thing. So, first of all, we think of Butler as a very well-coached program. Yeah. And it's because their last three a, coaches were... Yeah, they had a string of coaches yeah, there who Chris, were pretty good. Chris Holtman, uh, Brad Stevens, and Thad Mata. Yeah. Pretty good names. Lavelle Jordan ain't none of those. I, uh, I honestly didn't even know the name of their coach. Yeah. He... Uh, he means well. They run a pretty decent offense. It's it's pretty motion based. Pretty not too dissimilar to what you see from our basic sets at Purdue. Uh, the big problem with Butler is they just don't really have that guy or anywhere close to an assimilation of that guy. We lost at Rutgers because they have that guy. Ron Harper yeah. Jr. dropped thirty on us. Uh, Butler has no indication of a player that could get anywhere that hot, and he doesn't really have a collection of guys. That are going to throw. I mean, they went six and a half minutes without scoring against Houston. Yeah, that's that's a long stretch to start a game. Yeah, so th- yeah, that's their best players not being able to score for that long. So it is an offense that does not worry me. Um, they are not a big team. Uh, they've actually rebounded the wall ball pretty well. Um, they've done a good job keeping teams off the offensive glass at least. But you really watch that Rutgers or the Houston game and. You watch a team that's not very disciplined. They're not very aggressive. They get lost. They're a little lazy off ball. So it's a combination of an offense that's not very explosive and a defense that's not been great. So the confidence I felt going into Rutgers is similar. Which was high. Very high. high. It's even more confident now, even though Purdue's not playing as well and we've had some bad stretches. But yeah, this Butler team turns the ball over a lot. Uh, They got a turnover percentage of... 23.1%, 23.1%, which is like the 327th Ooh. in the country. Yeah, that's very bad. Uh, they got really... Minor, there are around 350 teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Their lead guards are both on the smaller side. Chuck Harris, Jaden Taylor, Jerry Bolden. None of them are above 6'4". So you don't look at them as a team like Rutgers, who is long everywhere that could give you problems. And they've got they've got a guy who is 6'9", and a guy who's 6'8", and a guy who's 6'7". I was just about to ask about their center position. Do they have anyone? Um, obviously, hardly anyone compares height-wise to Zach Eady, but do they have anyone in his ballpark? But are you telling me that 6'9 guy is their biggest guy? Yeah, and uh, the biggest thing is, like, just yeah, he's 6'9, he's 245 pounds. He's rebounding on a defensive rate percentage at 10.5%. And if that if that doesn't catch anything with you off the top of your head... Let's see here. Who has a comparable average on our team? Uh, Sasha has an 8.6 okay. defensive yeah. rebounding percentage. Okay. And we don't really think of Sasha as a as a phenomenal defensive rebounder. You do not. You think of him as a guard. Yes. So. Yeah. So, um, 
So given Purdue's history in this event, honestly, I am worried going into this game just because for whatever reason, uh, Purdue doesn't play well in the Crossroads Classic. Better, I don't know, I shouldn't say better teams than this, but teams that have had pretty high expectations on them have gone into this event and played terribly and lost. And one reason I think that is, is that generally when Purdue goes into the crossroads, they know the IU fans are going to be there and they're going to be rooting against them. Mm. They also know Mm. that, well, I'm just saying the crowd is generally against them Mm. because they've got the IU fans running against them. The team uh, that they're playing there because I use two schools are playing at the same time. Exactly. You know, their Notre Dame jackets are, are ready to be reversed for afterward. And uh, they get a, they get basically get to see two games um, for them, you know. So uh, I worry about that. Um, you know, the, the team has not done well in their one true road environment at Rutgers. So it's not obviously a road game, but sometimes I feel like the crossroads can be treated that way just because of the the crowd. Um, but again, this isn't your, this isn't your older brother's, uh, Butler team. This isn't your dad's Butler team. You know, this isn't the team that's going to get to the final four and, and lose on a last second shot. There's no, um, there's no phenomenal player who's going to make it to the NBA and, um, make a true difference in the league. So I, I am less worried about the Butler team and more worried about Purdue taking care of their own business. Yeah. I, I think we, the record games happened. Not great. I think we all expected NC State to be the bounce back game, the get right game. Yeah. So it's concerning to see how poorly we played for the first 30 minutes. It it does warrant to be said, and I think the reason that we only dropped to number three in the in the poll, which we didn't mention, but because I think we both probably thought they would yes. drop a little further. Yeah, I thought they'd end up five or six yeah, personally. So, and I think part of the reason is you know national media doesn't pay as much attention to every single game the way that a Purdue fan base would. Like we watched them and they didn't look like a top five team for most at NC state game. But if you just watched the last like seven to five minutes of regulation and overtime, that was a dominant Purdue performance. Yeah. They looked good in that, in that time span, they looked pretty good. And that does matter. Can you turn it on late? Can you control all aspects of the game? Do you have that gear, which sometimes you need because you have off nights and bad things happen. And even against good teams, like we, that's the thing we saw against North Carolina and Villanova. I don't. We didn't play particularly well in the first three quarters of those games either. We played better. Um, well, yeah. Like we definitely played better, but we. I wouldn't. I don't think we brought our A game yet. It wasn't until that last ten minutes that we wore them down. That we, you know, really started to go to Trey. Really found a groove. And we have a gear when our players are playing well. When Sasha's hitting shots. When Trey's running the game. You know, Edie's out there grabbing boards. If you watch it in those flashes, like we do have a gear. We have a. We have this tier that we can get up to that other teams cannot, which, you know, makes us dangerous. And I think against a team like Butler that doesn't have the size, it doesn't play very physical, that their guards are going to be small compared to ours, and they're not the sharpest team. Uh, they they definitely get lost off ball. They leave open shooters. They're not, they're not the kind of team that's going to attack and attack and attack you off the ball. They don't have the one-on-one players. Uh, I think... I think this is going to be our get right game because I think they match up poorly against us. And uh, I, I think the NC State game, maybe even more so than the Rutgers game, a little wake up call. Because at the same time, you saw they saw that, hey, we can get to here. But also, if we don't, you know, we're going to struggle against everyone because yeah. NC State's not great. And right. I think we figured some things out. Like, we were very happy with Morton, I guess. Yes. So 
I think you know there's no real reason to spend a ton of time on Butler, but I I want to give get one more question, um, and I will answer my own question first to give you a little bit of time to think. So as we watch this game, what are you looking for from Purdue in order for you to to come out of the game and say the team you know is back to where you thought they could be, or the team is truly getting right that this was a get right game for Purdue, um, and you know for me. What I would really like to see is just consistent production throughout the game. I don't want to see big stretches like we saw in the NC State game where Purdue goes three, four minutes without scoring um, because that can be concerning against better teams. So I would like to see us play a more consistent offensive game throughout the entire 40 minutes. That's what I'm looking for, especially against a Butler team that, as you said, is not a, a terribly great defensive team. I want to see what we can do. Um, consistently for 40 minutes. I think that's fair. Um, honestly, the most curious thing I'm, I want to see, I want to see two things. I want to see first play well again, because we saw how good he can be against elite opponents. We can't have him disappear. His size, his speed, his feel for the game, the way he plays next to Trey, which I think we're kind of doing a disservice with the starting lineup right now with him starting and playing with Edie more than Trey. Cause I think he's better with Trey. We saw how good he is at cutting to the hoop. Uh, taking advantage of defenses that want to double tray. So I'd like to see him play more with Caleb and play well. And then I want to see the Seton Morton thing bear out, bear fruit for another game. Because if he keeps playing well, yes, that makes me and you right about him. Which is always good. More importantly, it means we have an answer for the limitations that we know exist in Thompson and Hunter. And I think that's really important for us going forward against really good teams in, in the tournament because... If this team is going to capitalize on its potential, I think we're both, you know, especially at the last few games, we're pretty sure it's not going to happen with Hunter and Thompson being, you know, the de facto guards running things. Yeah, well, especially not playing how they have these last couple games. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if we had Thompson hitting, you know, 60% of the threes and playing as he did in the beginning of the year, that's just fine. But uh, we certainly need more from our guards, as we discussed in the last episode. So that is something to look for as we head to – it's not Conseco. It's not Banker's Life. It's uh, – uh, I don't even know what it's called anymore. Uh, Bank Arena. TD, Bank Ameritrade, Little Caesars, Pavilion, <laughs> at the Crossing. Yeah, uh, uh, I do so, have a question for you, though. Do you think okay. do you think we see a starting lineup change? I do. I do. I, I think Trey is going to be in the starting lineup, and I also think uh, he's obviously will take the place of Edie, and I think that first might be out of the starting lineup, um, and I think that um, – Gillis? Oh, my God. Gil, yeah, I just – his mind went – his name went completely out of my mind, and I think Gillis might have earned a starting spot over first, if nothing else, just for Painter to – to reward him for the hustle and let first know that he's got to kind of get his mind right. Uh, do you think there'll be a change? Uh, I'm of two minds. Cause I, I don't think painter's wrong. I don't think Trey starts games well, uh, but I think painter needs to be a little better and a little smarter about who Trey plays with, because I, I think Edie works. Edie works best when the guards in the game are less. It's a twofold. Cause I want him to get the ball when he's in there. So it's kind of better when we don't have as many playmakers and shooters, but at the same time, we need Trey to be a playmaker when those guards are out there. So I'm having a hard time figuring out which one's better for starting or which one's not. I don't, I definitely agree that Trey needs to start playing more than 20 minutes a game. Yeah. Yeah. He's been playing too, too well to be limited to 20 minutes 
simply because we've got another guy who plays a similar position. Yeah. I mean, the same position, but they play different styles. So I think whatever Painter can do to get Williams more minutes, I think is a good idea. Yeah, and I can't really argue for first starting because he two straight games has literally done nothing. And this is another game where we're playing guys that are they're going to be small and athletic. And he is more of a big. Gillis is a little more natural at sliding down to defend people. But we watched Rutgers and NC State. They both just played three to four guards pretty much. So he was forced to not play a big, and that definitely didn't help him. And I, I, I still believe first gives us more. Oh, I do too. Play. I, I, I do too. But I think Painter has, from time to time in the past, used starting as a reward. I don't. And I don't I, disagree. And I think Gillis has shown. Um, more of what he did last year and more of what I expected from him this year and these last couple games, uh, especially just on the effort end. So I think Painter likes to reward that sort of thing. And with first having two uh, games back-to-back where he didn't show a whole lot, I think if if Painter is going to make a change in that position, I think now would be the time to do it. I get that. This is a Butler team that if we were going to start Morton at the four, they would make sense to do it. And it's hard to argue that anyone's played better without taking anything off the table than Morton. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, it would be good to see. Maybe maybe he'll get rewarded for the start, but um, I do expect to see a change in the starting lineup come Saturday. Yeah, that's yeah. it'll probably be something. Trey right now, according to Ken Palm, second best player in the country. Ooh. Yeah. He, you got to play him more than 20 minutes. <laughs> you do. You know, if he can, if he can be out there um, 25, 26 even, right. you know, you don't have to play him 33, 34 minutes. Um, I'm not sure how his conditioning would hold up. and I, I, I'm he, not worried hey, about that anymore. I, well, I mean, he looks really good in the offseason, but, you know, we got to see what he can do. And it's it's so strange because if you play him more than that, you know, you're taking Edie off the floor. That's and the thing. Edie, Edie can be great as well. So it's a it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation because you're you're taking one of your best players off the floor no matter what you do. Uh, because we, again, we don't expect the, to see them both on the floor at the same time, except in end of game situations, <laughs> or end of half, which we might not uh, see that did again, not, which did not work at the end of that yeah. NC State game. So I, who knows? Tell me if you agree or not. I think if I'm Painter and I'm looking at the starting center spot, I'm making that choice more off of what do I think is going to get Edie going more than Trey? Because I don't worry about Trey. Yeah, I think that you makes need sense. to play him the 25 minutes to more, like you said. But I don't care if it's coming off the bench or not. Yeah. I need yeah, to get and... Edie going again because that Edie was the reason why we didn't have dry spells the first few games of the season. Yeah, he was automatic. Right. And against Villanova and North Carolina, just get him the ball inside and he scored. And I think we're both, despite the number drop, we're happy with the shots he's getting. He's still huge, still getting in position. He's still the third best offensive rebounder in the country. He's rebounding way better than he did even last year. So it, it's all about what can we do to maximize his 15 minutes on the court because the first you know eight games of the season we had a perfect 40 minutes of center and Edie struggled the last two games we lost and all of a sudden you know our offense is starting to look bad part yeah. of it is just he's not making the bunnies we're used to yeah and and he will certainly again uh i don't think either of us Still shooting 75 percent on <laughs> right so season. Uh, oh no not sorry 70 drop to 70 but i mean it's you know it's an interesting conundrum for matt painter and it's the reason he gets paid the big bucks so right uh, I would imagine he's going to tweak it throughout the season. And then when we get to the end, I would imagine he's going to feel pretty confident in his rotations and what he's doing with those bigs. Yeah. I I'm the way Trey has played the last two games. Uh, even in when our teams look the word, just the way he's able to take over a game, it, 
it makes me feel very good about the tournament because he has shown for long stretches, the tighter the game gets, the better he gets. And it's rare to see that from a center. And the good thing is he's such a mismatch in so many ways. I don't think you can take that away. So yeah. Yeah. My entire optimism on this team ceiling wise is Trey based in, which is crazy because we have this ED giant that's just like awesome as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about the past uh, during the NC State game. You just could see Trey was locked in and he was ready to go. And the same thing at the Rutgers game, you know, that last possession where he, he yeah, hit that bucket to, to put us ahead. Uh, the the not-so-game winner, game yeah. winner. Um, he's looked locked in. And if if we get that Trey for the rest of the season, it's going to be hard for anybody truly to beat us. His assist rate has climbed over 30%. Yeah. So he's he's the sixth best offensive rebounder in the country, fifth best defensive rebounder in the country, 79th best passer in the country, 55th best at drawing fouls. I almost guarantee you those like metrics have probably never been met before in the same player. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't he think is so. such a rare, like almost unquantifiable player for what he can do. Yeah. So, hey, you know, we got a lot to look forward to. Um, Butler may not be the opponent that's going to test us to the limit, uh, but we're really looking forward to it. It's good to have Purdue basketball back after hey, a, a brief break for finals. Do you remember when we had that all-time draft and I got Trey in like the seventh round? Yes, I do. I, I, I think wanna... I think the votes uh, correctly picked me as the best team for that, I, if no other reason. I mean, I still had Glenn Robinson, so let's not get too cocky. Um, you had Glenn Robinson and lost. Well, the vote. because that's because the people don't know the truth. They don't. <laughs> yeah. They don't know what they want. I'll tell them what they want. So uh, Trey and Robinson, not a bad one on one matchup. Oh, no. I mean, a- I mean in I a team Trey, in like, a team environment. OK, in a team I mean, environment. I, I take Glenn Robinson 10 times out of 10. You that take matchup. Glenn Robinson. I'm just no saying like Trey. I, I'm just saying it's an interesting matchup. Yeah, it'd be fun to watch for sure. Because sure. body body size, they're pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah, they are. But. Again, I take Robinson yeah, 10 out of yes. 10 times. Yes. So. He's like top five college players of all time. Yeah. So I'm just saying my bench guy makes it interesting. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for tonight. Hopefully you all get to listen to this. Maybe as you're traveling home for the holidays, maybe as you're uh, finalizing your Christmas gift giving. But uh, for oh, would you get myself, your wife? I am not going to say that on this podcast. Uh, my girlfriend doesn't listen. So I, I got her a, a, a pillow for the tub. Okay. Like it suctions into the top. Gotcha. Yeah, we have one of those too. Okay. Good job. You're ahead of me. All right. All right. Well, hey, <laughs> good luck to everybody. We will chat with you next week. Boiler up.